I, I actually vote for that to be our new national anthem. I think it's, I think it's pretty darn fitting. Amy just said, you don't have to sing it. She knows me. I think I could do a better job than her. Let's, uh, can we bring the... <laughs> Let's hopefully she was out of earshot. <laughs> Seriously, it, we, our society, has never had the material resources, or excuse me, no society has ever had the material resources that we have here in the United States. And maybe you're watching overseas, I don't know, but no society has ever had the resources we have, nor have they had the weight and the stress to manage those material resources that we have. I, I want to be honest, if you, can, if you can laugh at the drama and see maybe yourself or someone you know in it, I saw myself in that a lot, and I wasn't the woman. <laughs> when I convinced my wife that I needed a $1,000 mountain bike, and she's like, what? And then I did something even dumber, and I took my father-in-law to pick it up with me. And he thought, because I said, well, it's about a $1,000 bike, he assumed it was a motorcycle. <laughs> At least it would have an engine, right? And I walked in, he's like, you spent what on what? I'm like, can you wait outside? Because I still have to buy a helmet and some pads and some gloves, too. But seriously, uh, let's take the laughter down for just a minute. And, and I want to acknowledge that not everybody may be feeling that great. Seriously, I want you to think about this answer to this question in your head, and you're welcome to, to, to say it if you so choose. But what are you feeling right now when you found out that we were talking about money today, finances today, your finances, my finances, our finances? When you heard that, when you sensed that, when you knew that, and if you didn't know that, you know it now, what was your true, honest, internal feeling? My guess is some of you almost threw up. Some of you are going to fake that you have to go to the bathroom and then you aren't coming back. That's okay. Some of you are probably like, well, I, 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 I don't really want to do this. You know, sometimes churches talk too much about money because they just want the money. Okay, I, I can hear you. Some of you might be thinking, you know, I, I don't know really how our finances are. My, my spouse does that, or I, I really don't look at it that often. And you're just kind of like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. So I don't really know how I feel. Maybe I feel indifferent. Some of you might be feeling pretty good right now. You're thinking, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, they need to talk about this, because I do this really well. And I want everybody else to do this really well. So there, there's a range of thoughts and emotions right now in this room and, and folks watching online if we got our broadcast back up. And, and I just want to pause because there's something I can't do that I think only God can do. And so if you want to bow your head with me, you can, and I just want to pray into that. God, you know what is on everybody's heart and mind right now. And only your spirit can change someone, can just soften them up a little bit, open them up just a little bit so that they can hear your truth. And how much you want them to have joy and peace and freedom. Words we often don't associate with money. But that it is possible. So God, I just pray that you just allow your spirit to move in and out of this room for the next few minutes. 
next few days, next few weeks, to just meet each of us exactly where we are on that spectrum of thoughts and emotions. Amen. There's a little uh, money quiz that I encourage you to take. Uh, if you, I can put it out digitally this week, certainly will. You can also go out to the, the Welcome Center and get it. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the four options that after you take this money quiz, in a sense, this money motivation quiz is what it's actually called, it kind of helps you identify how you tend to react towards and deal with money. Well, there's four different ways. Freedom, security, power, and love are the four ways that they might suggest. And the questions and the way you answer them helps you score this little quiz to see which one you tend to lean towards. So let me just read a little bit. Some of us value freedom that money can provide. To you, money means having the freedom to do what you like. That's what I scored when I took the quiz. Some of us value the security it can provide. You need to feel safe and secure and desire stability and protection with money. That's what my wife scored. Some of us value the power it can provide. And personal success and control are important to you. Power is the way that you tend to interact with money. And finally, some of us value the love that it can provide. You, can, you like to use money to express love and, and impact relationships. So I encourage you to take it. it it's it's eye-opening. And if you are married, <laughs> it's really eye-opening. Because as I said, I, I, I scored pretty high on the freedom thing. It's like, I want it all. See? I could sing it. <laughs> I'll stop there. My wife, she don't care for that song. Julie is the saver in our family, and I am the spender in our family. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Both my brothers are spenders. And I tell you what, if, if you get a saver and a spender in a relationship, there can be some fireworks, that's true. But it's not as dangerous as two spenders in a relationship. And two savers, it's like, like you, get, you may never go out. You may not do anything. You come out only on Triple Coupon Thursday, that's fine. And only if it's not sunny. I mean, you know, I don't know what, but a saver and a spender. That's what Julie and I are. But let me tell you something. In almost 33 years of marriage, we have never had a money fight. Now, I give a huge amount of credit to my wife having amazing patience for purchases like the $1,000 mountain bike. But... Even though I purchased that bike, and even though I've made some other dumb purchases, and she's made not, not so many, we've never had a money fight. We've had money discussions. We've had money talks. We've sat down and done a budget. And i got to tell you, I don't tell you that to, to pat myself on the back or Julie, but it's because we started with a plan. And, and when we got married, it's not like we had a budgeting course right there in front of us. The most basic plan we started with was... Don't spend more than you make. If your income exceeds your outflow or outgo, we're going to have some trouble. Now, debt is even more readily available today than it was when Julie and I got married. And it wasn't hardly even available back in the 50s, you know, when credit cards and debt came out. It just really flooded the market against us, so to speak. Justin kind of talked about what is up against us as human beings in this world. Marketers try their best to tell us that you want this, you need this, you got to get this. And man, I love new stuff. 
I want the barbecue 9,000, the crematorium 9,000, whatever that thing's called. But I want do you, do you believe what I just said, that Julie and I never had a money fight? Not really. That's honest. Anybody else agree? We haven't. Because we had a plan, and we followed the plan. I wouldn't have bought the $1,000 mountain bike if it had put us in debt. Paid cash for that mountain bike. That doesn't mean we don't have a mortgage. That doesn't mean we didn't have car loans at one point in our lives. It is possible. And if you hear nothing else today, hear this. It is possible to have hope, to have peace, to have joy, to have freedom when it comes to your finances. It's possible. I hope you can just start to believe that regardless of where you are. Whether your finances are just a chaotic mess or you think, hey, I'm following God totally. We all have room for movement in our finances. And the question is, are you open to it? And if you're not, describe that resistance to yourself. Why am I so resistant to possibly getting help for something that could change my life? And change your life in such a way that the stress and the pain and the fear would subside with words like joy, peace, and freedom. I really want you to sit into that moment for a second. Can you really live free when it comes to money? Can you really live with peace? I say, yes, you can. But here's the thing. It just doesn't happen by chance. We don't slide in easily into a spiritual journey, nor do we slide in easily to great money management. We just don't. I wish it was the case. First of all, we don't have a lot of great education in this, in this area. From our families, from our schools. We would rather you learn all kinds of other stuff in school. And some of you, some of you just recently started taking like a money management course. Most of our families, we don't sit down and talk to our children about a budget. Probably because we don't want them to see that we don't. Hmm. This sort of movement happens, though, when you start to just focus on what God could do, God's purpose in your life, and what he wants to accomplish with your finances. Start, just start to turn. Just start to turn towards him. And you start to get a plan. We'll talk a little more about FBU in a minute. Uh, I'm going to invite some friends up here, Jameson and Kelsey. Lyle, if you'd welcome them to the stage with me. Come on up, guys. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, Jameson and Kelsey, uh, they got three kiddos, right? Yeah. Reagan, Kaiser, oh, oh, Kaiser, and Noah, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I got to spend some time with Jameson, what, about 10 days ago, and then Kelsey and Jameson asked Julie and I to come up to their house this past Wednesday night, and it was just, it was, I don't know how to say it other than it was refreshing. <laughs> you know, it was wonderful, good time to spend with you guys, shared a meal together. And just talk to them about some of the financial changes that they've made in their lives. And uh, it's been pretty awesome. So I, I want them to be able to share with you because I think it's really important to see their journey and their movement. And uh, one of the things is, like, what happened? What was it like, say, before FPU, before early in your marriage? What was, what was it like with your finances and, and how you guys handled that together? Best described as chaos. <laughs> Uh, just 
very sporadic, all over the place. Hmm. But yeah. It was careless, for sure. Okay. We didn't care where our money went to the time, and yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times, our, our money will control us if we don't control it. It'll control where we work, where we live, who our friends are, where we where we purchase products. It it will control those things if we allow it. So, um, I know that. Jameson, at some point you had interacted with the whole Dave Ramsey stuff, FPU, as far as knowing about it, maybe listening to him on the radio. I don't remember what you said in that regard. But somewhere along the lines, Kelsey said, hey, uh, it's, it's a, let's tr <laughs> let's tr <laughs> Thanks. And then Jameson, I'm just kidding. I was gonna <laughs> so Kelsey, what, what was that, what, what was going on in your world, in your guys' life at the time when you said, hey, maybe we ought to take that class? Well, we had gotten pregnant with Noah, and um, it was that time that we were like, you guys offered it, and he was like, mm, and I was like, let's just do it. He, for a while, wanted to do it, and we kept putting it off and putting it off, and um, then Shoal Creek offered it, and we were like, well, now, now's the time to do it. Great. So... Yeah. That was a couple years ago, wasn't it? Around 2021-ish? Uh, 2021. 20, 21, yeah. Gotcha. Um, thank you. I, I wrote a couple things down when I met with Jameson, and then, you know, Kelsey gave me the truth when we had dinner with him. <laughs> Just kidding, brother. <laughs> you can throw me under the table, too. Uh, but seriously, he wrote, he said to me, living on a budget drastically changes how we spent money. Uh, and then he also said it was like taking a magnifying glass to our finances. And so for both of you, you go through this class or during the class and after the class, wh what started to happen? What, what was eye-opening to, to both of you? We eat out a lot. Oh yeah, God, you don't get this girlish figure without <laughs> eating out a lot. Uh, and just how much money we were actually spending yeah. by going out. And me, personally, like... Uh, the trips to the gas station, forget my lunch, I'm off foot, I'm hungry, I can't go. And how much money the gas station was actually getting from me every month was like my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, <laughs> not just for gas, but this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot more than I, I care to admit. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Well, to kind of go along with what he said, um, it got to the point where I was never going out to eat, and he had our whole, our whole budget, our whole food budget, hmm. and so that kind of, that's where it was like, oh, yep, this has got to stop, kind of thing, and and honestly, I think it's it's great not going out to eat now, you know. Um, but having to, the things that he loved, or I loved, when we went out to eat, learning to make it at home hmm. instead of, oh, we're going to go eat somewhere. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm going to tell a little story and they can add to it. So uh, we arrived Wednesday night and uh, had spaghetti and meatballs. And, and this salad that I kid you not uh, was like picture perfect. And, and, you know, I love salad <coughs> a lot. <laughs> I think yeah, I'm with you there, Jameson. 
Uh, actually, I do, but I don't eat it as often as I should. But this salad, I kid you not, it was like, I, my thought was, that's, that's like an Olive Garden salad. And then you said, well, that's an Olive Garden salad. And I made the assumption that y'all had purchased it. But then I was thinking, no, not with what you had just told me. And, and she had not. She had made it. And that may not sound like a big deal to y'all. To most of the guys in the room were like, making a salad with more than lettuce? I can't be opening and closing all those crisper drawers. Dirtying up nine knives to cut up stuff. But it was a sweet salad. I mean, from olives and, you know, red onion and a bunch of other things and croutons and and she made the comment that a friend of hers had brought an Olive Garden salad to, to your home, I believe, or to a gathering. And Kelsey's mindset, though, was, I could make that. And, and when I heard that Wednesday night, it was just this radical thing in me. It's like, that, that's behavior change. That's not just managing money. That's not, you only need a second or third grade uh, education to do the money math that's involved with your finances. It's just subtraction and addition. But that told me, I was like, whoa, that was behavioral change. Any, any thoughts on the Olive Garden salad or anything else? Well, I had asked our friends how much they spent on the salad. <laughs> and sh- they said it was $30, and that was also with, um, like, tongs. It came with tongs. Oh, yeah. And I ended up saving the tongs <laughs> and the bowl. <laughs> um, but I did it for $11, and that fed six of us hmm. and my lunch the next day. Um, yeah. So that, it, it just, it feels rewarding mm-hmm. knowing I can do it for cheaper and yeah. still taste good. It should feel rewarding. That's great. You know, uh, I used to teach the finance stuff around here, and now Angela Etienne and an, an entire team of volunteers teaches FBU, and, and thank God for all of them uh, because they really, when you have someone walk alongside you in that class, your chances of success go up dramatically than just trying to do it on your own. You may not believe me, believe them, it impacts you to hear the other stories in the class, both from the participants and the guides, and, and the, their failures and their successes. The, the top four things that we overspend on as Americans, anybody care to guess number one? Jameson said it, eating out. Number two, entertainment, Jameson said that the other night. Three, and it's quickly becoming number one. Online shopping. Um, our car loans are in there somewhere. And, and then here's another one. So this is actually five, I guess, if we add Amazon in there. Small little company. You may have heard of them. Um, <laughs> number five is, is vacation. We are vacation freaks in this world. We think if, little, if we don't go on vacation, and we don't take little Johnny and little Sarah on vacation, they're going to be scarred for life. And like, or you could just spend time together for a week doing nothing and interacting as a family. But we have these budget breakers that just can zap us. So it's to be aware of them. And you can hear some of those in in what you guys are going through. Uh, Jameson, you had shared with me that at one point um, you had three jobs. So I hear that, and some part of me says, that's crazy. And another part of me says, that's great. So share with me why you would go and do three jobs. Well, it felt crazy, too. (laughs) Uh, um, during uh, FPU they talk about you know Gazelle intensity and once we were in the class it was off to the races so uh, it was just one of those things we knew that we had Noah on the way and uh, we had 
you know, some uh, some issues with our pregnancy. She had high risk pregnancies earlier. Uh, so we knew that we'd be kind of facing some of those challenges uh, coming up and we realized that our finances were fairly chaotic. So I, uh, I, I was like just really wanting to be prepared so I could be there for my wife. Mm. So uh, I could be there for my family. You know, uh, we knew NICU was a, was a real possibility for us. So uh, making sure that we were prepared for something like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, I'll make sure you heard what he said. He used the word gazelle intensity, and that's a Dave Ramseyism. And the reason Dave Ramsey talks about the gazelle is because there's something chasing the gazelle. It's called a cheetah. And if you've ever, you, has anyone ever been chased by a cheetah? <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. So if you were to be able to talk to the gazelle, the gazelle is running. Cheetah is what Dave Ramsey says. So he got gazelle intense is what he was saying. They got gazelle intense about not only taking the extra job to pay for some stuff, but I will say this, he also has stopped working those three jobs. He's just working the one now, and that's pretty darn important as well because you can't sustain that. It's not good for your own health. It's not good for your family's health, but it may be for a time, and that's, that was really cool that you guys, you took that on to, to provide, you know. Kelsey, you, uh, that mentality you had about making things, I, I know somewhere along the lines this, I'm going to call it a window box. Is that fair? Yes. All right. You saw a window box that you liked, and, of course, you had this mindset, hey, I could make that. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that and what that's kind of led to. Well, I'm a big Pinterest fan. I Pinterest everything. Um, and <clears throat> one day I was just scrolling. We had discussed building a kitchen island, and it was too intense to build this island. And so I texted him and said, you know what? I want window boxes on our house. And the breeze hits perfect through. I'm like, yes, this is what we're going to do. And I kind of got the, the measurements. He goes, yeah, let's go, do, let's go get the wood today. We went and we made four window boxes and one big bay window box um, for $100. We looked at the price for one window box, and that was roughly $200 for the size of our windows. So it just kind of, um, plus it gives us time to spend together, which we don't obviously get, you know, with three kids. <laughs> so, um, and it's, it's more than just doing the window boxes. Um, we built our chicken coop uh, for about 120 bucks, and it holds 25 chickens. Um, so it's just little things like that that we prefer to build um, than go and buy or have somebody else buy or somebody else build for us. Yeah. Um, plus, it also gets our children involved, and they can see that mom and dad are working together, and that if we can do it, they can do it. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's come around applause. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, mic drop that one, <laughs> except that our, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> the computer already went down. We don't need That's the mic true. to go down. Um, what, another thing that, that, I, that I learned from them is that not only did making things reduce expenses, 
but it actually led to income. So every year around here, around the first uh, weekend in December, we do something called Kids Mall, where this, little, this room gets transformed into this crazy Kids Mall thing. But during it, some, there's like a craft fair, if you want to call it that, up, up in what we call the attic. And, and I know you guys had a booth. And you sold some of the wood items, yes. many of the wood items, right? Yes. So she brings in income as well. So that's any thoughts on that, or <laughs> how did that happen? Um, well, one day I was on the, um, on the app, and noticed that it was a boutique, and I was I texted the person. I said, "What what is this?" And she said, "It's like a craft fair." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I had two weeks to make anything, nice. and I signed up and I said, "Okay, let's do it." And I worked my butt off for two two weeks building stuff, and we ended up doing really really well hmm. um, for only having two weeks of time. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah. And to touch back onto the window boxes, she mentioned we spent like 100 bucks on the, the lumber to get it done. It, and then that following Sunday, we were having breakfast with, with a friend that we were reconnecting with. And she's like, hey, can you make me a window box? And right off the bat, so with that, she's like, I'll pay you, I'll pay you. And I was like, all right, all right. And that paid, it ended up paying for itself. So we got all our window boxes, we got them <laughs> built, sold that one paid for the lumber, and she was more than excited. She's like, it's cheaper than Wayfair, so Cheaper than Wayfair.com, by the way, is her new website. <laughs> All right, no, it's not. And I'm sorry if you work for Mayfair or whatever, that's fine. Um, uh, all right, let's, let's ask, uh, let's finish up with one question here. I think just, you know, we, we can see spots in your guys' journey. We can see some gazelle intensity, some crazy thoughts that turn into some amazing stuff uh, from expense reduction to income. Um, how, how have you seen God move in your finances uh, during this time frame? He helped me to realize that, like, money is just a tool. You know, and it's not the end all be all. Uh, it's one of those things that it can help, but it can, it's a blessing and a curse in a lot of times. So uh, it's just one of those things that you have to use properly. And uh, it's been really eye opening and, you know, provided a lot of, you know, great blessings for me, for my family, uh, and has helped our family grow in a lot of ways too. That's cool. You got anything to add to that, Kels? No? <laughs> um, so you guys know when you go over to someone's house, uh, maybe you maybe haven't done that in a while. You know, Julie and I went into their home. It's the first time we'd ever been in their home. They live in Kidder, right? Yes. And so it's a good 45-minute drive up there, which was actually kind of cool because then my wife and I had some windshield time that we don't often take or get. Um, but when you enter into a home, there are just certain things you feel, all right? And, and we felt this sense of peace, this sense of joy, this sense of freedom. And I don't just mean within their finances, although I do mean that, but also just within your lives. And to see God moving in and through you guys and, and your connection here to Shoal Creek and the, what you did with FDU and you know, handing your finances over to him, if you will, uh, has just been amazing. And uh, thank you for, for that. Thanks for coming up here. Yeah. Is there? Well, no, you're not off the hook yet, brother. What, I guess one final thought. Any. any final you would like to say to anyone out there, wherever they might be on their financial journey, anything that you would care to say to them as, uh, I don't know, motivation or what you're feeling right now? Just, you can do it. And he said it before, it doesn't, 
You don't have to be a mathematician to figure this stuff out, to know the things that we need to be doing. And if you have the opportunity to take FPE, I would jump on it. It, it has benefited us greatly. Uh, it's a change a lot of our mindsets uh, and brought a lot of peace to my life. Um, get a lot, I get yelled at a lot less. <laughs> so, uh, what about you? That's a strong benefit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, you got to take that first step. Yeah. That's where it all starts. Just, you know, it's offered here, and they want you to, to join because they want to help you help yourself. And I think we ended up meeting a lot of new people during our FPU time. And it's brought a lot of rewards, but it's also very intense. And that's okay because you're just giving a little bit of your life, a little bit of your time to better yourself. That's awesome. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you guys. Thank you. You know, uh, Jameson and Kelsey, they, they did a couple things that I just want to kind of review. They, they caught this vision, if you will. They caught this idea that God has a purpose for them and their money way beyond what they thought they knew. And then they made and executed a plan. Vision and a plan. They had purpose and a plan. There's a passage from Romans, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, Romans, it's Romans 12, 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind or the way you think. See, there is a possibility to obtain peace and freedom and joy within your finances, within the material possessions that we have on this earth. FPU doesn't say, don't you buy any want ever again. It doesn't say that. What it basically says initially is, you tell your money where you want it to go instead of always wondering where it went. And it's hard. The first budget, the first monthly budget is challenging. But by the third one, you start to get a, little, you get a little headway. You get a little steam. You're like, okay, we can do this. You have those money talks slash arguments slash maybe a fight. Typically, in, in a relationship, you're going to have somebody who's like the free spirit. They have to like be encouraged to show up for the budget meeting. And then you're going to have the nerd that's going to show up with 107 Excel spreadsheets. And you really need to neither do both. You just need to kind of somewhere meet in the middle. You don't need to meet every hour, but come together. And if you're single, if you do not have somebody that you can talk about your, uh, your finances with, man, you definitely need a friend. You can find one of those if you don't have one in FPU. You can have someone at your table that could be someone that you could talk to about this because it's really hard to do on your own. It's hard to stay motivated. It's hard when you get demotivated to get remotivated. But FPU can help you. It's not the end all, though. Because they got a vision. Well, they didn't talk about it up here because I didn't, I didn't ask them. But they, they've gone, they've made this insane move, insane to me, towards self-sufficiency. With chickens and, and fruit trees 
and uh, building a greenhouse eventually, and they got two water wells on their property they're not really using, but they could, and just really hope to be 40%, I think, self-sufficient here very soon. And that was challenging to me. It's like, no, I'll just turn the water on, you know. I'll buy my chicken, or Julie will buy it at Sam's or wherever we buy chicken, because I quite frankly don't have a clue. (laughs) I want to draw a little something up here that tells you kind of the way the world thinks. And when I say be transformed by the renewing of your mind, or really Paul says that, it says don't follow the culture. So let me draw up here what I believe to be the culture's way of telling us to handle our money. And it's really the way that most of us handle our money or start handling our money. And that is, if if you're talking about culture up here, the first way is lifestyle. And really the song, I Want It All, says it. We typically put our lifestyle first. We say, I want, I want, I want. I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I fight this a lot in my life. I love stuff. Julie doesn't love as much stuff. (laughs) Lifestyle. Number two. Anybody have an idea? Debt. And really what I mean by that is the use of debt. There are some great uses of debt. There's not a lot, but there are some. Mortgage is probably one of them. Just about everything else isn't, although an auto loan could be. But FEU will teach you how at some point you can pay cash for a car. And Julie and I have done that. And we also had loans before, don't get me wrong. The reduction of debt. Next would be saving and finally giving. And what typically happens because of this type of lifestyle within our finances, we never get to number three and four, or we very seldom get there. We say, well, I've spent all my money on me. i got to take care of me i got to pay those debts or they're going to come knocking. They're going to take us out of our house. They're going to take back the car. They're going to repossess something. So you hardly save anything, and then you certainly don't give. And we live this way, and then we wonder why we have all this stress and pain and fear and fights. And God comes along and says, "Um, i I got a different order. God says, give. God says, I'm a giver at heart. I sent my son to die in your place. Maybe the greatest gift, maybe the greatest gift ever given. Whether you've experienced that yet, I don't know. I hope you would continue to pursue that. He says, give. Because then money doesn't have this tight on you. You you live open-handed. He doesn't say give 90% of it away. He says, give some of it away. Make a difference in this world. Second, anybody have an idea? Saving. He says, save a little bit. The verse that's commonly used is the ant. He says, the ant prepares for the winter because he knows it's coming. The ant stores up food for those times when food's not in season. Save a little. I would break it down to three ways. Emergency savings, that's short term. You know what? I was going to say it, but I won't. Stuff happens. Murphy shows up. You need an emergency fund. You need something. Look, the dishwasher is going to go out. And when she goes out, the real dishwasher is going to (laughs) fail. Sorry, that was for Julie, and she's not in here. I 
I'd like a little bit of booing and hissing when I do something like that. There we go. I've actually started washing a few dishes now that we're empty nesters, okay? Settle down. Thank you. Thank you. Me and the guy from the drum, we're going to hang out later today. And we're, by the way, that's for sale. Um, there's medium-term savings, and that's probably more like a dishwasher or maybe a roof on your house or painting your home or carpet. It's bigger expenditures that are coming. You know they're coming. Things break, right? Everything we have in this world breaks. It fails at some point, including our bodies. And then finally, the third type of savings would be more like the investments. It's the long term. Look, I can't work as hard today. I'm almost 55 as I did when I was 32. I wish I could. Sorry, I can't. And I know if you add 10 or 20 more years, I'm going to be like, I can't. Now, there's one man I know, Jim, my stepdad. He's still out working me, but I will not be working as hard as him when I get that old. Anybody else? Lifestyle. And what's amazing is there is no number four. You don't deal with a lot of debt when you live this way. And it basically says, God, how much of money that you have blessed me with, you've given me the ability to earn wealth, how much of that money do I really need to live off of? It doesn't mean just meeting your needs. It means some wants too. But this type of lifestyle is what God's countering the culture with. And then there's this intermediate thing. Well, yeah, that's great, Sean. How do I get there? And here's the way to go about it. Give. And the idea here is just give something. Because you're doing something like Kelsey talked about. You're changing a habit. You're beginning to have some behavioral change. Change something. Give something, rather. Save. And, and here's just, for, for now, it's just a little. You wouldn't believe what 5 or $10 a month can do over time. And you start to get that gazelle intensity that Jameson talked about. And you'll start to see that this becomes like a challenge to you. And save, save a little something. It's okay. The reality of it is most of us have some debt, and this would be the word that Dave uses is called a snowball, but it's really maximizing your debt repayments. Pay as much as you possibly can because the savings account today is probably paying what? Two to three and a half percent? You might get a CD approaching five percent. I guarantee you your debt is not that low of a percentage. It's hitting you a lot harder, right? And then here, lifestyle. And, and a lot of you may not know this word, so I'll try to explain it. It's... Use a Spartan lifestyle. Spartan means just cut, cut back. I remember when Julie and I got unemployed several years ago, found myself fired from a job, and I said, man, we had some savings. But I was like, we, what are, what are we going to do? And Julie's like, I know what we're going to do. There went cable, there went ESPN, there went, I mean, stuff went off the board. And we started to live a Spartan lifestyle for about three months that I was unemployed. Let me, let me kind of conclude with this. The reality of it is, when it comes to our finances, they need to be in balance and in sync. And let me just talk about being in balance for a few seconds here. What I mean by imbalance is, if you have income on one side of a scale, right, and you have all the other things, expenses on the other side of the scale, they need to equal. Dave Ramsey calls it a zero-based budget or a zero-based spending plan is what he actually calls it. He doesn't use the B word because he's saying you're telling your spending, you're planning it ahead of time on paper before you get to the month that you're going to live it. But it has to be in balance. If you have no earnings and you're capable and able of working, you probably need to go to work. I heard a statistic that 
Some young men between, what, ages 25 and 30 today, about 30% of them are unemployed and not looking for work. I'm like, that cannot be an accurate statistic. You can't have a bunch of expenses on one side if you've got a big fat zero coming in on the income side. So for some of us, we need to approach this idea of our budget and the idea of our financial lives with this idea that God created work. He created work before the fall. So go to work. Work hard. And work as if you're working for the Lord. That's an interesting thought. I don't always do that. And then it comes to expenses. You really, you need to have, track them all. You heard Jameson Kelsey say, well, we didn't know what we were spending on eating out. And then they kind of tracked it and saw it and we're like, oh my gosh. It'll startle you. So balance is one part of it. Balance it. You have to get to a zero-based budget or you're going to go further in debt. And then the other is it has to be in sync. Your balance, your budget rather, has to be in sync. And what I mean by that is it has to be in sync with God's purpose. Try this for a while. Try the middle one. And if you're already at the, the right one, help some people get to the middle one. And if you're over here, hope. Have hope, but don't let hope just stay there. Give hope a plan. Give hope some purpose. Realize that it, it is possible. We didn't pay these folks as actors to come up here and tell you lies. It's their lives. They did it. They're doing it. And so many other people, you saw when the hands were raised, you can do it. You can have hope, but you have to have a purpose and you have to have a plan. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, uh, I pray that you once again just speak into our, to our hearts and our souls and our minds right now. Maybe we're still, maybe this is just rubbing us the wrong way. Maybe we know we got a mess and it's just a lot to clean up. Maybe it's just a ridiculously big mountain and we don't really want to climb it. Maybe we're self-righteous and we're judging everybody that's not moving. Wherever we are, God, speak into our lives. Let your spirit just have free will to just say, you know what? Yeah, it is possible. And there is help available. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the greatest gift ever given. May we be extravagant with our giving like you were. Amen.